Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 10. Alex grimaced as he began to lose feeling in his aching feet. He was sat cross-legged on the floor of a large room. To his left sat Kingley, his eyes closed, apparently better able to focus. Or he was asleep, Alex reasoned. Tiredness had dogged them from the moment the site-wide buzzer had woken them, as the two boys had stayed up until the early hours to exchange stories. At least the base kept to Earth normal time, with the day-night cycle enforced by the image projected on the dome, and that had made the transition easier. But forcing himself around the quad ten times, while a simulated sunrise shone on them, had been something akin to torture. At least it ended at some point. Only people in grey and yellow overalls had been out there. Closing his eyes, Alex tried to clear his mind as he had been told. It wasn't easy. Too many thoughts crowded in on him, too much information in too short a time. Their tutor was a big, middle-aged man who had introduced himself as Captain Harris, and he had given them nothing to make them think that defence and combat training would be easy. Around Alex, he could hear people breathing, and the small plastic sound of Raz's chewing gum. To his left knelt the quiet girl who had sat next to him on the shuttle. Her breathing was slow and regular. When they'd arrived for this lesson, she had already been there alone. Alex had smiled at her and introduced himself. I'm Alex. Her eyes had widened slightly and then she had smiled back, a tiny expression but genuine. Natasha, she had replied. Focus, Captain Harris broke in, his voice echoing in Alex's mind as it dispelled the memory. You will never amount to much if you can't keep your concentration up. Alex's eyes snapped open and met the teacher's. His eyebrow was raised disapprovingly, and Alex blushed. He nodded and closed his eyes again. Imagine the room around you, Harris's voice said in his mind. Imagine yourself in the room. Like sonar, like a scanner, feel what is around you. The people, the floor. I can imagine those things, Alex thought to himself, but it won't make them real. What if Harris moved? The mental image wouldn't match with the reality. Don't worry about that, Harris said. In time, you will gain better control over it. For now, picture the room. I will help you. Gradually, Alex fleshed out the imaginary room in his head, building the image up. One by one, things began to spring into being, like a hollow projector generating an environment, all in various shades of blue and black with white edges. Long minutes went by. He added the floor's colour, a sort of dark navy, and the fans on the ceiling, the small door press panel, the sign on the wall that said Combat Room. He roughly sketched in the far end where two other groups were working. They were arranged in skill level, with about ten novices in his group, four times that in the middle group, and about fifteen in the top group. To his surprise, detail began to creep in that described the other groups, hairstyles, their activities, things that he hadn't paid any attention to. One of the groups was passing a ball between them, like the game Alex had seen yesterday. The top group were disassembling an old-fashioned chair and reassembling it, all in mid-air. You remember more than you think, Harris said, 
though some of this is being added by me. Even without realising it, though, you're adding detail. Watch. Alex looked around, aware that he wasn't really moving his head, but rather changing his viewpoint. The people near him were clearer, in focus, but Harris was a blur. It was like watching a broken soft screen, his image redrawn every second or so, like an incredibly skilled artist was painting it in broad strokes. Harris walked around the room, in and out of the trainees. When he got to Alex, the picture suddenly sharpened, and Alex almost opened his eyes to confirm what he was seeing. Picked out in exquisite detail, he could see the comb-over hairstyle that the big man favoured, the little scar on his chin, even the faintest outline of the tattoo on his arm, visible just under his rolled-up sleeves. Harris went and sat back down, his image degrading as he moved away. The lag you experienced then was a result of how fast your mind can process what you're sensing, he said. Closer to you, within what we call your sphere of influence, the image sharpened, like lag in a video signal. The further away you are, the longer it takes the image to refresh. He paused for a moment, and then said, Open your eyes. For just a moment, what Alex saw in his mind was overlaid on what he saw as he opened his eyes, enough to confirm that he had, in fact, been viewing something real. He grinned and looked over at Kingley. From the expression on his tanned face, his roommate had seen something similarly mind-blowing. Natasha, too, was smiling softly, her face flushed with effort and excitement. Harris cleared his throat, speaking out loud this time. As you grow in power and control, you'll be able to call up the image a lot quicker. You can't remote view. Looking through a wall or at an upside-down card, that's a fabrication, something made up for dramatic purposes or used by fairground tricksters. But your sphere of influence, your SI, can save your life. Natasha raised a hand. How so? Let's say someone is sneaking up on you, Harris said, stretching his legs out. They enter your SI, you know they're there. If you're skilled at reading surface thoughts, you perhaps pick up what's foremost in their mind, that they wish to do you harm. You're that much better prepared in a second than some norm on the street. He got up a little stiffly and dusted down his white overalls, then crossed to the side of the room to get a chair. Everything we teach here is a product of expanding your SI. You want to be able to do things like them? As he sat down, he cocked a thumb at the groups further up the hall. Alex looked at the top group and their constellation of chair parts orbiting them. You can manipulate things in your SI with telekinesis. You can read minds if you're skilled that way. You can shield within your SI, which is the next skill you'll learn. You can create fire out of thin air, all within your sphere of influence. Is this something anyone can do? Raz said. Alex shot him a look. His voice was low, not really a match for his tall, thin body. To some extent, Harris replied, but only psychs can expand their SI beyond their bodies. Norms can tell what's going on within their own bodies, just like you've always been able to. You can tell when you're hot, cold, hungry, that sort of thing. Harris waited a moment. His head leant slightly to one side, then nodded. Elsie has just informed me that lunch is ready, so I suppose I'll see you later in the week. My advice is to practice this skill with your roommate. Write down a number or a message on a piece of paper and sit back to back. Try to touch the other person's mind and use the detail they provide to read what they've written. He gestured to the door. Otherwise, have a good one. They clambered to their feet, some stumbling a little. 
The numbness in Alex's foot instantly became painful pins and needles, and he could see others suffering from the same problem. Natasha rose smoothly to her feet, apparently unaffected. Want to have lunch with us, Natasha? Alex said, bent over almost double from the effort of not putting weight on his foot. Sure, she said, and the three of them headed to the cafeteria. Open from early morning until curfew, there was nothing new or original about the dining hall, which was a disappointment. He wasn't sure what he'd been expecting, but a serving hatch with a variety of food and long tables with benches just like the one he'd seen at the schools he'd attended seemed out of place in such a high-tech environment. Even the food was regular. Lasagna, salad, some kind of nut roast, vegetables. It was hot, though, and certainly looked more wholesome than the slop Mother Chen had served up. I didn't get your name, Natasha said to Kingly as they sat down. Kingly Ames. And you're Natasha? Wren. I'm from Luna. Melbourne. London. Alex stared at Natasha. I've never met anyone from Luna. What's it like up there? She rolled her eyes. Pretty much the same as Earth, though with slightly worse everything. You'd think, with it being the closest colony, that the Empire would support it a little better. But no. The bag's full of holes, the atmosphere leaks out, the gravity goes through micro-fluctuations whenever the power browns out. It's always at the most inappropriate moments, too. You're cooking or showering or vacuum and suddenly you're floating. I can think of some awkward circumstances for that, Kingly said, grinning. Alex frowned as Natasha and Kingly laughed, not sure where the joke was. Still, living on the moon, he said. It's so... Natasha gave him a dead-eyed stare. Don't you dare say romantic, she said. Alex frowned. What did it take to get into a friendly conversation? Kingly could apparently do it. So, what do you think about the others who came with us? Kingly said, looking around. I see Raz over there, on his own. He shook his head. That guy gives me the creeps, but I can't work out why. William seems all right, Alex said. The freckled boy was sat on his own as well, deep into a book. I've got Jess as my roommate, Natasha said. Guess that was inevitable, what with us being the only two girls. She's okay. Her mouth twisted. Talks a lot. Did William get Raz? Must have, Alex said. He mopped the last of his food up with a crust of bread and pushed his tray away. What's on this afternoon? Kingley pulled his soft screen out of his pocket and smoothed it out onto the table. History, then psychic assessments in the quad. Alex frowned. We don't know anything yet. How can they assess us? He bit his lip, images of being pelted by balls and being told to defend himself flashing into his head. I guess they need a baseline, Natasha said. Something to work from. A soft tone sounded, and people began to get up and put their trays away. Better get to it, Kingley said, and Alex swung himself off the bench, his lunch feeling like a lead ball in his stomach. You've been listening to Chapter 10 of my novel, Noctis Point. For more episodes of this podcast, and for blogging about writing, visit stevecookfiction.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend and leaving a five-star review on the iTunes store. They really do help.